We're in the midst of an amazing era of sport where performers are starting to tap into the power of their minds and coaches get to be a part of that process. And that can sometimes be overwhelming. <laughs> there are a million topics we could cover. Where do we start? How do we implement it? Today's guest is a game changer and she's about to share some tips on how to make mental training proactive and make the most impact regardless of how much time you have. She's learned this from her days as a professional athlete to now her business coaching mindset coaches. She's so great. We hired her as our business mindset coach right after this call. So you're ready to jump in? Let's do this. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing, And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. We've got a fantastic guest today who I've had my eye on since the beginning. And lucky us, we got to benefit from some coaching before we started recording. So, yeah, we are going to sing her praise this whole thing. And I cannot wait for you all to hear all of the knowledge she has to share. Please welcome Lindsay Wilson. Welcome. Thank you, Melanie. That was such a nice intro. It's so nice to talk to you and Alicia. Um, just really happy to to be on this this uh, this podcast and and let's get to it. Let's start us off with a brief intro: who you are, who you like to work with, and your favorite way to help performers. Um, let's see. My name is Lindsay Wilson, and I am the founder of Positive Performance and the Mindset Coach Academy. Um, I played professional basketball and was lucky enough to learn mental training from a pretty young age, um, about 16 years old, I started working with a mindset coach and it really changed the trajectory of my basketball career and my life. And not just because I'm a mindset coach now, (laughs) but I really, at that moment, I, I think I actually knew it then. I definitely look back and see it now where, you know, it was kind of at the fork in the road. Like I was either gonna keep playing and underperform or I was going to do what I ultimately did was reach my full potential. And the difference between those two paths was a thousand percent my mind. I was working really hard before I had the same amount of talent. um, And I couldn't quite put it together consistently. I had huge dreams. I wanted to, I was the one with Michael Jordan up on my wall, you know, pre WNBA and thought I was going to be sharing the court with him. Um, You know, all those things. And, and I was, getting up at 530 in the morning, lifting weights before school, like I was in it. And I just couldn't seem to put it together consistently at the level that I knew I could. And I had the suspicion, more than a suspicion, I knew that it was my fault. I knew that it was my brain holding me back because I could feel it. And like a lot of athletes, I was a little bit of perfectionist. And I kind of beat myself up for that. And I couldn't quite figure out how to turn my brain off enough to just play. And um, yeah, I was in this sort of vicious cycle. And then I learned about mindset and it was like, uh, there, there was just like this switch. And literally three months later, I was getting recruited by the top schools in the country. And I, I like everything changed. I continued to do mental training throughout my whole career. 
and at each level that I went to, and you know, you go from being the best to being the worst as a freshman division one. And I, I doubled down on mental training and I started really recognizing, especially at that level, how few athletes, now this was 20 years ago now, which of course sounds like crazy, but um, it doesn't feel like it. There was no resources. Nobody was talking about this stuff. And I saw so many of my teammates that frankly had more talent than I did struggle, never be able to get and play at their full potential. And, and it really hurt my heart because I knew that that could have been me. And so I just started teaching it as soon as I finished playing and I was sorry, not as soon as I finished college, I was still playing myself professionally. And I just started getting more into it. I started learning hypnosis. I worked with my um, mentor when I was about 25 or 26 that taught me about meditation. And I just it was like I'd been let out on a secret and I couldn't not tell other people. That's how it felt starting my business. And um, I just started calling up coaches that I knew that it, I'd played against or played for, you know, that were now head coaches. And I said, hey, you know, I kind of know how to do this stuff. Can I sort of maybe come work with your team? And that's how it started. I started working with college teams, top college teams pretty early on because I'd played at a high level. So I knew people and they, um, I remember one coach said, she said, Lindsay, I don't care if you just come in and like spin around in circles, like I just want, you know, my athletes to understand because I was playing professionally, you know, so I had a little bit of cachet there. And um, so I, I just started, I didn't know what I was doing at first. I look at my old notebook and it was like, I used PowerPoint and went to office Depot and, you know, threw some worksheets together and it was fine. I mean, it wasn't pretty, but that's how, um, that's how it started. So anyway, fast forward to now work with thousands of teams and athletes. Um, still work a lot with teams, but I focus more on the coaches. I focus more on coaches and getting resources to coaches and teams. And then I train in our mindset coach Academy. I train, um, coaches that want to be mindset coaches. So aspiring mindset coaches, aspiring mindset entrepreneurs. Um, that's really my focus now. And I also have three kids under six. So that's obviously a big part of my life. And everything that I learned from a mindset perspective as an athlete, a professional athlete, as an entrepreneur, I practice probably the most being a mom and wife. <laughs> and I do it every day, practice it every single day. Um, so that's probably a longer intro than you wanted. I think you said short, but that's, that's where it is. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Uh, so tell me, first things first, what would you start coaches on if they have listened to a podcast like this or other podcasts and reading books. I'm like, I really like this stuff. I've been trying to implement it with my teams. Um, what should they be focusing on? How should they train the mental game um, in a way that's going to make the biggest impact for their players? Um, that's a really good question. And I think um, the reason that it's such a good question is because I think that's where people stop a lot. I think a lot of coaches are passionate about this. I think a lot of them either got it and want to pass it on or more likely didn't get it and look back on their career and think, oh, if only someone had taught me this stuff. I think the very first thing is we always have to hold the mirror up to ourselves. We always have to be an example of what is possible. We always have to work on ourselves first. I think so many coaches are so busy and so stressed out and they want it so bad. I mean, all of us in athletics are like, let's do this. And we want to push things through. And we think, 
if my athletes could only be more competitive or more mentally tough and like they want to like mind meld them to be that and it's like okay that's great that instinct is great that's what we want in, in our coaches and in our athletes and in as high performers but if that's ways not working maybe try something else which a lot of times to me is the coach looking inward right I always give the example of like the coach and you know I'm, I'm a basketball player so it's like coming into the timeout at the end of the game and screaming at everybody to calm down, right? I mean, that's like such a typical thing that we can all relate to. I've done that too as a coach, you know, or even as a parent, like, hey, stop yelling, you know? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to be able to look inwards and work on ourselves first. And I think that's one of the things that is easy to miss. Okay, so there's that. Um, and then I think, um, really zeroing in into implementing one or two simple things. We all want to boil the ocean. We all want, there's nothing wrong with bringing in people like you or me to implement. If you have the time, and the money, absolutely implement it in a complete system. That'll be better than, than not. But what else is better than not doing anything is doing one thing. And so a lot of coaches, I think, get overwhelmed by the internet and they get all these resources, they read all the books, and then they don't know what to do on a Tuesday afternoon when they have practice. And I would say, get, a, get someone that you trust that has done this and find one or two things that you can implement. For example, what we do is we do a pre-practice visualization exercise. And we have a whole system, we call it the Braver um, that takes like five or 10 minutes. Um, you know, you have to learn it and you have to go through a little workshop, but like we break it down so that they're not reinventing the wheel. Um, and it's easy to start and then it's easy to do every single day. It doesn't take a lot of time. That's just one example. Um, or the mistake ritual. A lot of people do a mistake ritual, a reset ritual. We have a workshop that coaches can watch and their team can watch and they can implement that. Now that does not take a lot of time but the very idea of creating a culture around failure and mistakes is not only culture changing and team changing, it is life changing. And again, you can spend hours scouring the internet. You can spend hours reading books and you absolutely should. That's, that's great. But when it comes to like boots on the ground, again, what are you going to do on a Tuesday afternoon? Don't reinvent the wheel find a system, find a really as simple of a system as you can possibly do, start there. And I think too many people get overwhelmed. They want to do everything. They want to save up their money to wait until they get a mindset coach to come in or wait until they can afford. And I would say, you know, whatever time and, and money you have, if anything, even if it's something little, I mean, the thing, those things I just talked about, I think are under $30 on our website. Um, and other people have free stuff, right? I mean, we have some free stuff too. Like just implementing one thing, one can make a huge difference because that'll snowball, right? Then you can maybe add in something else the next year or, um, you know, try something else. I think a lot of, as we talked about earlier, I think a lot of coaches are dealing with all of this stuff and even more now with COVID, the emotional and mental side of sports, but they're dealing with it reactively, which is really hard. And so they're feeling burnt out and 
they're feeling like, wow, I, I liked this part of coaching, but maybe not that much, right? It's a, it's a lot. And um, I think if we spend a little bit of time being more proactive, we get, um, you know, what's the saying? The pound of cure. I don't know what it's called. Cure. Someone's in their car yelling it out right now. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's what Someone can is. Instagram me and remind me of. There we go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So going back to some of the things you said, I, I think that as a as a coach with my personal experience, that um, a lot of coaches, like you mentioned, they they either want to boil the ocean or they they say, I do the things, right? I tell them just to let go of the mistake. Right. But I think what's oh, yeah. really interesting is that not only do they do they say that, but they're not having a true understanding of what's really behind mm-hmm. the reaction. Right. What's really behind that reaction when they when they miss a ground ball has nothing to do with softball. It has everything to do what's going through their mind. So what would you what would your advice be to give a coach to how do you really dig in deep to those what's really behind it? Yeah, um, that's a really good point, because I think. um, You know, a lot of times I would go into college programs um, in my 20s, that was my primary sort of business model. And. I think the coach would often sort of lament, not in a bad way, they would actually understand how important it was to have a different voice. They would say, I'm saying the same thing. It's just important to have a different voice. Well, that, that is true, but it's also having someone or a, a system that, as you mentioned, gets sort of under the hood. And, you know, as a parent, for example, Melanie, you can appreciate this. Like, you can, say, well, my kid's throwing a temper tantrum and that result is like, they shouldn't be doing that right now in the middle of a store, right? Like it is so irrational and so unreasonable. And and then you think, well, are they hungry? Are they tired? Are they feeling scared? Are they, um, you know, worried about something that happened at school? Are they, whatever, right? There's always something behind it and we are emotional creatures and we are not, rational and logical, especially under pressure. And I think that's where the self work comes as a coach is a lot of coaches are competitive, right? And they think, well, it just came easily to me and I figured it out. So like, why can't Susie figure it out? And it's like, yeah, but you have things that you have to work on too. And maybe that thing is you being vulnerable enough to understand that there are limitations in your life. And there are things that you suck at too. And, you know, having that like emotional vulnerability, I think allows you to say, okay, this person screwed up this ground ball and they're reacting in a way that maybe isn't rational, but they're in fight or flight. I remember I worked with a, um, a rowing team and it was, this was like an old school rowing coach. And he was like, you know, been in all the Olympics, like at one of the top schools in the country. And he was like, you know, Lindsay, I'm into like the mental stuff, but like, you know, when my rower gets stressed out about school and then about the regatta coming up, I think, you know what, call me up when you have three kids at home and you have a big time job and a house on Long Island and you're driving home and you just got fired from your job and you have to go tell your wife that you're not going to be able to pay your mortgage. That is pressure. And I thought, yes, that's true. But when you're 15 or 16, you want to play in college and your parents are watching and your friends are watching, 
it's all perspective, right? So their fight or flight response may not be rational to you that's had life experience, but it doesn't matter. Once we get activated, we all have the same fears of being kicked out of the group, of not surviving. And it doesn't mean they're rational. In fact, a lot of times they're not. And that's where mental training ahead of time, there's nothing you can say in that moment. There's nothing you can do if you haven't done it already. So when we are in those moments, that's where something like having practice a ritual or a routine can be super helpful because it gets to the heart of being worried about failure and having something to grasp at in those moments that isn't, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I want to like hide under the dirt, right? Like um, nothing you can say. It's not a words thing in that moment. It's not a, it's not a pat on the back. And so that's where the reactive versus proactive, I think comes in is like, we have to work on these things ahead of time, offline, off courts, off field. That's where the work happens first. And then we practice it. We do have to practice it. Um, and then that's what we, we teach in one of our programs is learn, practice, execute. So we learn, we do like a workshop. We practice it and practice like we practice the mistake ritual. We practice the breathing exercise. And then we are ready to execute. We can't go straight to execution. We, we can't, we certainly cannot make changes when we're trying to execute. That's not going to work for anybody. It's interesting to say that. I'm like imagining in my head now all the uh, conditioning tests people throw athletes into and then wonder why they crumble. <laughs> like, yeah, have you ever done anything? <laughs> Dealing with anxiety that comes into coming into uh, spring season off of your winter break and having to run this thing. <laughs> There's uh, stuff that goes into it. Uh, yeah. We actually do the same thing. You build up, we like we'll teach it, then we'll train it, then we'll throw you into like more pressure. We build that up. Yeah. And I, do you think we've skipped a step even in our programs is now like I can, I can see our, our people in their cars at their office listening to this, like, yeah, I'm going to implement this right away, but wait, <laughs> can you share how we first need to do this with ourselves? Like, cause even as you were saying that, like when in the moment you're lost, when I'm in the moment with my four-year-old whining and the, the him and two-year-old hitting each other, I'm lost. <laughs> So yeah. on the field, in the moment, what are some ways we as coaches can chill out <laughs> yeah. and train ourselves to be prepared for that? Well, I would say that um, none of that is an easy fix. I think there's, um, we still go back to the learn, practice, execute. So when, from a parenting perspective, um, you know, I, I try to learn, right? I try to follow, uh, who's my favorite on Instagram, the, uh, Dr. Becky Goodenside. She has like a bunch of, I don't know if you follow her, but she has a bunch of stuff that's all about like being present with your thoughts and your emotions. So that's great. I can read those things and that's great. I learn, try different things. She taught something that I actually teach now called the hot cocoa breath, right? Like you teach your kids how to breathe in, smell the hot cocoa and breathe out. And guess who uses it more than anybody? Me, the mindset coach that has known this stuff for 20 years, 20, 30 years, actually is when I first learned about this stuff. And the, the idea of learning this thing called the hot cocoa breath, practicing it regularly, not just one. I mean, I, I have a whole thing. I do visualization. I do journal. You know, I do a lot of stuff like that. Um, but practicing that in the moment, setting the example, 
just saying it to my kids, even if they aren't doing it, they see me doing it. And we have that mirror reflex um, so that I'm able to do it not always perfectly and not always when I need it, but certainly more than if I wasn't trying it. And, you know, and so that's where, as we talked about in the beginning, if you're going to implement something like what we teach for pre-practice or the mistake ritual, or we even do like post-competition routines. If you're going to teach any of that, you have to do it too. And one of the things we teach for coaches is that mistake ritual. So they have one. Maybe the whole team has one. Maybe everybody has one that's individual. It doesn't really matter. It matters that you practice it outside of the times that you really need it. You know, you practice it on water breaks. You remind people to do it. You know, if you're a swim coach, you do it in between sets. You know, you, you practice this stuff regularly when it's not the high pressure. Because if you're just waiting till your toddler's screaming to remind yourself of this stuff, it's really hard because you're in fight or flight too. And so can you do it when things aren't ramped up as much? Can you just remind people to do a reset uh, every time you get out of the car? Um, when you're brushing your teeth, you know, little things like that, that help you sort of create that muscle memory of I'm in control of my emotions. I can always go back to my breath. And that reminds me that it activates my parasympathetic nervous system and reminds me that I'm safe, that I'm not actually in danger, even though my parents are in the stands. And even though I just screwed up, you know, life is going to go on. And that breath, just an example but that's one thing that you can do but you have to practice it ahead of time and so that's you know that's where that's where I go back to is practicing what I preach but practicing it not on the field all the time so to speak I I need I needed this podcast about two hours ago because right before (laughs) I went nuclear on my 12 year old and uh you know, I, 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 same thing, practice, practice what I preach. I preach this all the time, being in control of your emotions. And it's definitely my biggest weakness, but this whole thing just exploded into this huge, like, what do you mean you to get your assignment done? What do you mean? You didn't tell me the truth. So I'm just sitting here trying to like the whole day, just trying to calm down. But that's, that's hard when you're in the moment to practice what you preach. So what, I mean, forgive yourself for not doing, you know, that's the other thing is like the shame and the guilt. Um, and so like the routines of after screwing up or after losing or after having your worst game or having being what you think of as the worst mom and then trying to control your thoughts. One of the other things we teach, um, from a life thing is, I don't know if you've heard of like the model and it's all cognitive behavioral therapy, but like your thought leading to your, to your emotion, which leads to your action and your results. Right. Right. So if you think, Oh, I'm a terrible mom you know, then you, you, you know, you go into this, this cycle of really making that true. Like you're not going to be behaving in the way that you really want the rest of the day, instead of really taking control of that thought, which changes your emotion and your action and ultimately your results. Um, and that, again, that's hard to do in the moment. Um, but it's not impossible. I think a lot of times it's just that practice of you know, we have our automatic thoughts, which are harder to shift and change, but we also have our conscious thoughts that, you know, we can have a perspective and that's the story we tell ourselves about something and we can change that. You know, it can be the worst thing in the world, or it can be 
something that we're able to to deal with and just you know maybe bring some humor to um and that really changes how our day goes and there's like this whole cycle and snowball effect between everybody in your life and everybody in your house and um yeah. so that's a really powerful way of shifting things too yeah. and, and coaches need coaching too right so mm-hmm. i use mel as my reframer all the time but coaches need coaches too so what what do you suggest or what do you have for other coaches that want more additional coaching yeah i mean we've done some sort of life coaching for coaches um sounds like melanie that's what you're doing i i do think coaches really need um, that support because anytime you're a leader or, um, you know, you're the emotional support for anybody else, I think, um, you have to continually be filling your bucket as my three-year-old says from preschool. Um, and so I think that is really important. Um, you know, we, we train coaches that want to take mindset to another level. I think again, it's, um, as far as mindset coaching, I think a lot of coaches are, um, collecting maybe information, but not spending the time to, to really sit down and work on themselves, even as a way of saying, this is going to make me a better coach, this is going to make me a better parent, this is going to, you know, this is worth the time, less time, maybe practice planning, and more time working on themselves. Like if you have a limited time, what's the best? I mean, if you show up to practice with your best self, you are going to be a better coach. And, uh, you know, I think that's the, the challenge for all of us is allocating enough time to really be our best because there's so much coming at us and there's emails and tweets and all these things that we think are important. And there is nothing more important than our brain. Nothing. There is absolutely nothing because no matter what else happens, that is the prism with what we, which what we see the world how we interact with people, how we coach, how we show up and spending more time on this. And look, I'm, pract- I'm preaching myself. Like I have to prioritize this stuff over getting on Instagram, even though Instagram's for my business, right? Like even though I'm supposed to be doing it. And so making sure that we're prioritizing working on ourselves, even if we have to think of it as being able to show up better for other people, if, if we struggle with, you know, making it about ourselves, which to me, it's okay too, <laughs> but agreed. Agree. We definitely made that shift as well. Like the we over me thing, like hasn't really met the bar that we all wanted it to. So our is me for we. Like, yeah. what can I do uh-huh. for the bigger picture? Yes, that's going to be more fulfilling, better for everyone around you, and it takes care of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So now, for those, I know we have a lot of listeners who have like been doing this for a little bit, have been interested in it. Can you talk now more about like the business side, the entrepreneurial side of being a mindset coach? Like I got my master's in sports psych and it took me forever to bootstrap this on my own. Good. And like not even there yet. Uh, In the 20 minutes we were chatting before, I'm like, God, better ideas, better ideas, hiring her. Let's go. Uh, (laughs) So talk to those who want to like, Hey, like I want to make this a thing. So we've already had some people come through our program, especially about on the coaching side. Like I really want to spread more of this too. Mm-hmm. How did I get started? Well, yeah. I mean, I started noticing that, um, a few years ago before I started the certification of coaches that were really passionate about this, much like myself that wanted to start a side business or a full-time business or thought about like getting out of coaching and doing this or, 
Um, or we're doing like skill-based training and recognizing how much or fitness training, weightlifting, you know, that and they knew how much of their job was the mental side. Um, you know, I mean, a hitting coach knows how mental, right? Like it is to, to have an athlete strike out or, or learning a new way to do it or, you know, anything. Right. And so, um, I started definitely seeing, and, and also just the amount of people that needed mental training going through coaches and getting more mindset coaches out was the name of the game, right? There just needs to be more of us. There's a collective understanding that there wasn't when I started 20 years ago, or my business, maybe more 18 to 15 years ago, something like that. Um, there wasn't the collective understanding. And then all of a sudden there was, it was like, everybody was talking about it. Everybody was understanding it. Everybody was wanting it. And I was like, Whoa, there needs to be more mindset coaches. So I started training people. We've been doing that for about four or five years, the actual certification, which is a, it's a dual certification. Um, it's you're certified as a positive performance mindset coach. And we spend an entire month teaching you how to do what we call the performance visualization specialist certification. And that's all about visualization. We bring in principles of hypnosis and guided imagery and mindfulness and teach you how to implement that with your clients as a way to solidify all the other great tools that we teach um, and a way to scale your business so that you can do recorded guided visualizations for your clients and have a great impact with them. For example, like a pre-competition um, visualization for an athlete um, that they can listen to on their phone. So we do that um, because I do see, much like you're saying, a lot of coaches that are actually mindset coaches right now. They don't call themselves that and they don't have a structure to what they're doing, but they're the ones that are sitting with an athlete after a bad practice and they are working with them on something even if it's just listening. So much of what mindset coaches do is yes, we have tools in our toolbox, but we also hold space for athletes to understand that they're not alone in this, that everyone struggles with fear and nerves and perfectionism and struggling with all these things. We all do. That is part of the human experience and it's definitely part of the competitive experience. And so many coaches are doing this but they're also standing on the sidelines, wanting to call themselves a mindset coach, wanting to start a business and having no idea where to start. And so what we do is we give you a place to start. The first place I would start is we have something called the ultimate mindset coaching toolkit. And I will say with the caveat that I do think people need some sort of training. This is not for any mental health issues, but this is to start sitting down with a practice client and taking them through a structured mental training session, if you will. And we break down exactly how to do that in a way that has enough substance, but also gives you the space to make it your own and bring in your own experience. Um, but that takes the post-practice um, talk to the level of it being an actual mental training session. Um, we also have something called the eight day challenge and, um, mindset coaching challenge. And that's really soup to nuts. If you want to start a business, take eight days, figure out who you would work with, where you would find them, what you would teach them, why you want to do it and get your ducks in a row. And it's amazing how much you can actually do in eight days. If someone tells you exactly what to do, who's done it, <laughs> um, 
And there are some people that are going to go through that and say, I don't, I'm not sure I really want to make a business out of this. I think I like just adding this into my coaching. I don't, this is more like a hobby. This is more of like a passion, but I don't want to make it in a business, which is great to know also. Um, because I see a lot of people again on the sidelines, just sort of hesitating and they, and they think they need to go get their PhD and who has time to do that or money. And that is great for certain jobs. <laughs> it is not something I, again, I do think some sort of certification or training, whether that's with us or someone else, I went and got hypnosis training. I did some training through the Pacific Institute. I think some training is great. I think a lot of people wait for the full meal deal before they want to take action. They don't even know if they like working with clients, right? So it's like, let's just start. It's okay to start. It's okay to start and decide you don't want to do it. It's okay to start and recognize maybe you want to do something a little bit different or start and say, yeah, this is what I want to do. And now I'm ready to invest. Now I'm ready to to move forward. Um, But waiting is, in my opinion, never really that great of an idea because you don't learn anything, right? Um, and so, but it, but I know for a lot of people, it's just hard to know where to start. And that's what I would say is is start with a practice client. Choose somebody that you know, that maybe some of you already work with and say, hey, can I sit down with you and take you through, I'm learning this stuff on mental training. Can I take you through a mental training um, session? And you may hear no, no. And then you might have to ask somebody else, which is also scary. And that will give you a little taste of entrepreneurship. <laughs> oh, it's so good. But like, what's, what's the cost? Like the worst that could happen if you are terrible at what you do, which is not true because if you're coaching, you know how to help people is only one or two people get some good advice from you. That's the Yeah. Worst. And that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, I, like I said, I always show my certification students in this, um, the four month training that we do. I always hold up my first notebook um, and now I have beautifully designed, you know, professionally printed, bound, beautiful workbooks. But 10 years ago, it was Office Depot, me photocopied, my poor husband had to like bind it all together. That, actually, that was the second version. We've actually got a binder at home, binder maker. But before it was just the one half inch, one inch little uh, three ring binders. And um, I didn't really know what I was doing. And that was okay but I did know enough to help one person. And that's, I think, where a lot of coaches are waiting until they get the right degree or they have extra, you know, $10,000 burning a hole in their pocket or extra time or the kids are out of the house or whatever. And it's like, why not just start? It's not gonna be perfect. You're not gonna be perfect. And, And start getting a little experience. You know, I was talking, I was on podcast yesterday, actually, and someone was asking, like, how do you start? And I was like, you, you know, if you're in a corporate job, you, and you, you're passionate about mindset, maybe you can do it after the staff meeting on Monday, you can do a 10 minute visualization with everybody, you know, like these little things that like you, if you're interested in this, what's keeping you from taking one step forward? And maybe for some of them, it is implementing something that you know like implementing the mistake ritual and that you put your mindset coaching hat on you implement that and then you get a little confidence doing that but um I think a lot of people are waiting um and it is it can be overwhelming because there's so much out there but I would say find a system find someone that's gone before you and and start 
and start learning and start figuring out what you like and what you don't like and if you like it and that sort of thing. And so um, that's what we're, we're trying to do with the certification. And it's been really fun because now we have a whole community of certified coaches that are changing the world. They have clients, they work with teams, they're you know impacting lives. And so many of them, really all of them look back and say four months ago, I didn't know I was doing either, but I took this leap of faith and they sign up and it's, you know, it's not a small amount. It's $6,000. It's four months of their time, but it's a lot less than their PhD. And they sit in the, in the student chair, they learn and they, and they quickly start teaching and it's scary and they have to go get their first client and they have to go get their first paid client and, but they do it. And it's really, I get excited. We're launching in the, in the next uh, month or so. I get excited every time because you see people essentially go from being on the sidelines to going in the game for the first time. And uh, that never, ever gets old because you see people scared and doing it anyway. You know, like it's the same stuff that I try to do myself and I try to teach my kids like we can be scared. We get to do it anyway. It's okay. So where do we find all this goodness? Like, where do we go like to send coaches to find all this goodness? Positiveperformancetraining.com. There's, um, I don't know, there'll probably be banners up and all kinds of stuff on our website. Uh, But you can also just look uh, at the Mindset Coach Academy. The certification is on there and all the details um, about the certification. Like I said, we're we're launching the eight-day challenge. The Ultimate Mindset Coaching Toolkit is up all the time. Um, But the eight-day challenge, I think, is mid-February. Um, and that's free. Um, so people can sign up for that. And then the certification it's application only. So we take a limited amount of people. Um, it's really intimate. It's a small group. It's four months. It's with me, um, every week. And we, again, the first month is, is all about sitting in the student chair, holding the mirror up, really learning this stuff for yourself. The second month is, um, the performance visualization specialist. The third month is about, um, learning how to package, what to teach your, your curriculum, packaging and pricing. And then the fourth month is how to build a business. And then we have support after that as well. Um, training and masterminds to help you build your business from there. Um, getting your first client um, is, is the goal. And so people, yeah, four months, they learn how to do all that, which is really exciting. Um, and we launched that end of February doors open. I should say applications open end of February. Um, so that's where we're at. And that is a wrap on today's episode. Now, coaches like you know how important the mental game is. And if you've been implementing this for a while and you're thinking of making this a business, we highly suggest you check out Lizzie's programs at positiveperformancetraining.com. But if you're like so many coaches who are feeling overwhelmed trying to figure out where to start or stuck deciding which topics to cover and which to cut because you have so many other things you need to cover. Oh, and don't even mention how to work this into the practice plan when there's not enough time. We've got you. I've taken all of the most impactful trainings, resources, and tools, plus incorporated all the lessons I've learned actually implementing this stuff and put it all into the Impactful Coach Academy. It's application only, and our first cohort will open just a couple weeks from now. So to learn more about our five-step roadmap, the resources you'll get to start implementing right away with your girls, and the support you'll have all year, simply email mel at mentalsweetspot.com and we can chat. And if that sounds like too much right now, no problem. Just know that you don't have to go alone and definitely don't do nothing this season. Get started with your team culture. Head to mentalspeedspot.com to get instant access to the culture blueprint today. 
All right, that's enough for me. Happy New Year, coach. Make this the best one yet and have a good one.